Welcome to the Actually Connecting Podcast, where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. What's up? I'm going to try something a little bit different today. Um, Normally I bring guests on and chat and today I'm just going to go at this kind of solo a little bit and see how it feels and what comes out and my name's Dan Brew and I've been hosting this podcast actually connecting for about two years now it's pretty exciting stuff because I've gotten the ability to listen to a lot of people speak their truth and ask questions that in my opinion are really valuable in the world today and What I've recognized about the podcast is I don't actually understand what the purpose is. Hearing great stories is is wonderful and getting that information is wonderful. But is there a higher purpose? Is there a reason it exists? And I think it's a cool thing to talk about and kind of process through. Uh, actually, connecting came about because I wanted to talk about what connecting really was. And the word actually is is such an interesting word because it's honestly a word I try not to use very often in my life. It's very uh, naggy. <laughs> actually, actually, ugh, bothers me. Um, it's one of those correction words, and I don't, I don't like to correct that way. I think there are, there are more effective ways. So when I chose actually connecting, what I appreciated about it was it made a difference between what connecting is and what this can be and what this is. And that's pretty confusing because honestly, I don't really understand it all the way yet. What I see is when I grew up, there was no cell phones. There was we would sit around the dinner table at night and we would eat. I would go to school because there was no COVID and we would sit in a classroom and we would enjoy each other's company and I would go play sports and we would enjoy each other's athleticism and I would come home, we would enjoy the family. We would, there was people and there was connection. We would go to a church and that's a whole nother topic of story, but there's connection there too. And today doesn't feel that way anymore. Today feels like our connection is on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and social distanced. When I walk through the grocery stores, I see people and I see the masks on and I see all, all I really see is fear in people's eyes. Just absolute panic. When I look at them, they look away. When I look at them, they they look back at me with the it's just their soul is being bared on how terrified and hopefully this is okay and <laughs> heaven forbid the people who choose not to wear masks which you know good for you for making a decision to stand in freedom in America i think that's really really cool there's there's a lot of guilt and shaming going on right now for the that particular choice because there's a, a potential i'm going to say that potential virus because that's what people are saying but at the same time, 
I'm watching people get it and they get a cold. They get, I don't want to jump off into this too much. The point is there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of shame. And I really am processing through what it even means. And I think as I continue to think about this, it comes out to actually connecting. And I see that it may be more important than ever for us to really understand and have a correction of the actually with connecting. The concept of actually connecting is for emotions, consciousness, and connecting. Connecting, we just kind of ran through. Emotions, in my opinion, are what the feelers are that we choose to connect with. And those emotions are really powerful. Really, really powerful. The feelings that we have oftentimes lead to the beliefs we have. The beliefs we have oftentimes lead to the values we have. And the values we have oftentimes lead to the principles we have. The thoughts we have are oftentimes what's getting in the way. And the thoughts oftentimes are what we're not in control of. And I say we, not talking about me and someone else. I'm talking about me and myself. Because there are literally me who I consider myself to be, and then the thoughts, the voices, if you will. And a lot of people, psychiatrists, are going to be like, oh, red flag, what's up? (laughs) Dude's talking about voices. Uh, It's true, though. I am talking about voices because I think it's important because I think a lot of us have them. And I've asked a lot of different people this, and there are people who do not have an inner consciousness. They don't have an inner dialogue happening. And they go through life just experiencing what they feel and then what the next right step is for them. Right or wrong, the next right step. It was fascinating when I found this out and I really started asking a lot of people. I discovered that it's very like random when that happens. Maybe one in a hundred that I, because I've asked a lot of people. And what I really have found is uh, oftentimes those with autism or on with Asperger's on the spectrum, either a, they are not able to understand what I'm even asking. And they answer with, no, I don't have that happen. Or they genuinely can understand and we process through it together. And they really don't have that thought process like that. Their thoughts are not ruling them. Their emotions, their behaviors, their habits. That's what actually is what they interact with within the world. So I think this is really interesting And I've been really processing and studying this a lot. And as I got deeper on emotions, I started realizing that there are these major types of emotions, according to all sorts of people. And the site that I really found was from the Dalai Lama. And it was, it's the best site because it's called Atlas of Emotions. And if you go to it, it talks about what anger is and what uh, fear is and what happiness is and what... So, you know, there's all sorts of these emotions. I would have to, I think surprise might be another one. There are all these different types of emotions and these emotions have different category levels. And I wish I could talk about this a little bit better. I would love to invite anyone out there who is able to talk about this, the actual depth of emotions. Because I believe that in the American Western culture, there's about 120 to 150 because we continued to add some on and there's a, that's a debate. In the Eastern culture, there are words 
that don't have translations in the Western English language. And when I discovered that, it really made me want to go learn Sanskrit and Hindi, some of these cultures, so I could truly understand the gravity of what's being said. The When you look at all these emotions, it, what I've seen is there's one happiness and the rest are pretty intense. And I, I wish, again, anger, fear, what are the inside out, inside out dozen. <laughs> oh. The, the red hot dude is anger. The, the nerdy dude is, is fear, worry, joy, sadness. Who is that other one? Disgust. So... It's so interesting to me that out of all of those, there's only one out of the four, five emotional types that we as humans at this moment in the scientific realm recognize as things. And only one of them is happy. Only one of them is joy. Only one of those, you know, disgust keeps us alive in a lot of ways, which I understand. Anger in a lot of ways protects us. I understand. Fear protects us. Sadness is just truth in a lot of ways that it's out there and it exists and it also allows us to heal. And you've got joy and we're all striving for this joy. So it's so interesting that out of all the emotions that we can quote unquote feel, this is what we choose to, to go after, and there's only one of these four. It's I mention all of this because purpose is what I've been processing through my entire life. And I, I can remember it. I remember being 13 years old. I remember this whole concept of legacy coming into play. And I didn't understand what that word meant yet. I think I was too young. The concept of wanting to accomplish something and wanting to be recognized as something was a big deal. My parents raised me in a family where uh, accomplishment was what mattered, like doing the right thing, following what rules were laid down. And whether those were the church's rules, whether those were their rules, whether they were the school's rules, follow the rules. And that's a system that a lot of us have been taught under. And as we come into a time where social media and we have all this connection because while I also dog on social media a little bit and say that that's the type of connection we have it is the type of connection we've chosen and it's the type of connection that allows us to connect with people around the world instantaneously quote-unquote connect meaning that we can see a glimpse into their life so understanding what purpose is and what matters has been really challenging because I'm now processing legacy from a different standpoint and it's well I miss the connection of what it used to be I find myself looking backwards 
And I'm a very futuristic thinker, so when I look backwards, it's a pretty drastic thing. Asking, do I want my legacy to be something where I choose to live my life happy and striving for happiness? Do I choose my life striving to connect with people? And if so, what does that connection mean? Does that mean I want people to be able to see glimpses of my life or maybe even see all of my life? Do I want to put 100% of my life onto this platform that is a podcast, that is a, a social media platform, that is a... Or do I choose to just go through and live my life and not worry about what others know about me and feel about me and think about me, but I, I choose to just help those around me? the person who I can shake their hand, who I can actually genuinely help heal. Because at my core, what I've discovered is I am a healer. And I want to help people heal. And there's so many different modalities of healing because the truth is every single one of us has trauma. Every single one of us has a thing where we can look back and say, this sits in my mind all the time. I feel this. And I'm trying to process how how do you live life in today's world where everything is so socially distanced, where we can connect with anyone across the globe, and where purpose is more confused than ever because choosing to do something like that, if if it is to be make a true impact, you have to choose to sacrifice your entire life almost. You have to understand that in the guilt and shame culture that we live in, that if you put yourself out there, people are going to berate and belittle and just throw shade at anything you do. And I say you because I'm talking about myself. My thoughts telling me that this is what potentially will happen because that's what's happening right now. And it makes me reconsider the entire concept of putting myself and being vulnerable and authentic. And the second I feel that, it makes me realize I can't do that. If I'm being told not to be authentic and not be vulnerable, it's the wrong path. It's the wrong voices. Natalie, my now wife, which is interesting because a month in to being married, we've been together for four years, four and a half almost, and we've been married for six weeks now. (laughs) We just chose to buy an RV together and travel the world. And this is kind of where this process has come into play. And one of these conversations that I'm talking about, I'm excited to go experience the world and go live and and go be myself and really I've had a goal to go sail for so many for my for so long. It was so funny. I went to Australia. I lived there for a year. <laughs> and I went on a sailing trip. And when I got on this boat, it was tiny and honestly it was a big boat with all things considered. It was small and I I I had some stomach stuff. I have some stomach stuff. I had, which is interesting because that's a whole nother thing with healing. Um, (laughs) And I thought to myself, man, this is not a very fun life. Like there's a lot of work involved in this. And at that time in my life, I really had the mentality of, 
I don't want to do any work. I just want to sit on a beach and enjoy my life. But there's not much legacy in just sitting on a beach and enjoying your life. And talking to people one-on-one in a bar. Uh, as I got older, I realized that you just can't do that for the rest of your life without feeling miserable. Because you speak with people who genuinely... are searching and are a little bit lost. And if you're trying to heal, it's a phenomenal thing. But if you're trying to connect, I found that the bar is one of the most challenging places to connect, unless you go there with someone to connect with. As a stranger walking through the world, when going to a bar, I would meet incredible people. I would have incredible stories, incredible situations, and I'd walk away feeling so empty. So there must have been something more to life. There has to be something more. And what I, I genuinely found is that being authentic and vulnerable was one of those ways to do that. So choosing to get an RV, choosing to get a sailboat, those are choices for me 100%. But those are the choices on how you move through life. There's my legacy, and the legacy I want to create is a few different folds. And it has to do with really helping this earth become the healthiest and the cleanest it can be. Because as a healer, I want to see others be able to heal. And what I've noticed is we drink water, and we are part of water. And that is a main primary source of who we are, and we're just wasting it. The way we're respecting water and the way we're living with water... We've forgotten that water has consciousness. We've forgotten that animals have consciousness. We've forgotten that stones have consciousness. We've forgotten that the earth is conscious. And I say we because it's just so many people I speak with, that's the mentality I'm hearing. There are those out there and I'm so excited and I think that's where the true world, the earth, the essence and the consciousness of this earth is heading. And I think through all this social media and through all of this, that is an option and where it we're leading. So I want to be a very, very big part in that. And I believe I can do it by helping with inventions. I've got a few ideas. If you're interested, I know I've spoken about this in the past on different podcasts, but the concept that we allow AI, we allow technology, we allow the current shipping methods that we have because we have boats already out there and we have tax reform. And using all of these things combined, I think that there's something really, really intriguing where we can actually monetize a system that allows for the cleanliness of our oceans. This is 2020 and we're able to get people to the moon and we're looking at Mars. We should be able to travel from one side of the earth to the other without just absolutely, excuse my language, no, I won't even do it because I want everyone to hear this, screwing it up. I also see that there are so many humans that need healing because of this trauma. We're all children is really what I'm recognizing. We're just children who had trauma happen. We're adults who have had trauma happen. And now we're doing our very, very best to put on a face to be able to move through life and actually live our best lives. So we're happy. 
so we can afford we can avoid disgust we can avoid anger we can avoid the things and the emotions that honestly don't feel very good because they oftentimes lead to anxiety the fear leads to anxiety the guilt the shame these are really generational things that have been passed down over and over and they're continuing to escalate because that's what happens things escalate and things compound so there's got to be a way for people to heal and if anyone out there has been into a mental institution or has experienced what that system looks like, either firsthand or secondhand, it's incredible how out of shape some of the things are when it comes to really helping people thrive. And it's amazing to me what happens when someone chooses to go through this trauma healing and what happens when they try to genuinely search for purpose. Oftentimes, they have to be faced with their own reality, their own shadow, if you will, their own darkness, their own trauma. And when that happens, there's psyche, there's psyche breaks. There are mental breaks. There are physical breaks. There's dis-ease, and that leads to disease. And when our bodies break, then it leads to more mental and more trauma, and then it's just a cycle. And we oftentimes release it back on the people that are closest to us. Building a system that allows people to genuinely heal and can come and they can get fresh, clean water. They can get pure, clean food that's organic and healthy. Not just claimed to be organic, but genuinely has great nutrients. They can genuinely detox their body. Because oftentimes when we're going through this trauma, people choose to cope and they cope in all sorts of ways. People cope through anger. People cope through, people, let's start here. People cope through emotions. People cope through substances. People cope through silence. Avoidance. People choose to cope. And it builds and it builds until there's an explosion. And then the second there's an explosion, the second there's any kind of emotions being shown that's outside of the norm of normal, according to the world, according to the DSM-5, all of a sudden we start seeing labels. Schizophrenia, bipolar, ADHD, ADD. There's a million different names out there for these things. And what's really being talked about, or maybe not talked about, is the trauma All we're talking about is the fact that this person just did something. Oh, now they did something. They can't be trusted. We have to keep an eye out on them. Instead of really focusing on what it takes to heal and what it takes to really rebuild and regrow and to teach processing and coping skills that really, really matter. I want to help this process. Creative retreats, healing retreats, and healing centers. Creative retreats for those who just want to get away and need a chance to rejuvenate. Healing retreats for those who actually need to feel and work through this trauma in a safe and effective place where you're not judged and you're not felt to be different, broken. And healing centers for those who have been broken, who feel this. who need a little bit of help, who need a little bit of guidance, 
who need some coping and processing skills. Who need clean water, fresh sunshine, and incredible food and nutrients. Because it is amazing what happens when you put those three things in the body. How much it heals. When you start using positive words instead of the negative words. This is the journey I've been on since I was 13 years old. Trying to understand what legacy means and how to put the legacy out there where healing can be per- can put can be put first. And I get so passionate and I get so about it because it matters to me to the point where literally I'm willing to get this way. But the second one gets this way, they're censored. People stop listening because it's too much, too much all at once. Think about as much as we've talked about just in this one 24 minute talk. It's immense. The system is immense and that anxiety, that overwhelm sinks in. And to be honest, a lot of people don't want to heal quite yet. They don't want the trauma to come up because that means that they have to admit that they were wrong. That they're hurt. That someone hurt them. That they hurt someone. That they messed up or that someone messed up and they don't know how to process that. And that it's sitting inside them. And then it leads to the fact that oftentimes when we're in this position, there are all these tools around us in the world. This earth is here for us to learn and discover and grow. And there's a positive and there's a negative. And that's not good and bad. I'm not talking good and bad because I genuinely believe that those things do not exist. I believe that there is hurt. There is trauma. There is healing. There is health. Understanding what side of that coin you choose to sit your life on. And then once you've decided what side you turn your life on, how do you allow others to experience that with you on your journey? Because I know for myself, the exact thing I'm working on right now, which has been a four-year process, is recognizing that the words and the negativity in my voice, in my, in my mind, not in my voice, the voice I speak is oftentimes very positive, especially when the face is on. And I say the face meaning the mask. When I'm talking with you, when I'm talking with others, that's the mask. And we're so happy to put it on. We want it to look good in front of social media. Yes, we do. Because it makes us feel good when we get those likes for doing something good. But what about when that mask isn't down with our closest of people, when we're with our family, when we lose our shit? Then what? I'm processing what it feels like to actually say positive things to myself and to choose to stay positive even through all of this other stuff that's going on. And I have to be honest, it's never been more challenging than it is right now in 2020 with COVID, with the elections, with the political system, with the food system being as toxic as it is, with the water being as toxic as it is, with the international system being as fearful as it is. It's a strange thing because I've I've heard now from so many people that it's, they don't think humans are the good people anymore. And what I mean by that is they think humans are cancer. What if earth is the good thing and what if humans are cancer? Joe Rogan talked about it. 
It's an interesting concept, especially when you see how world the world is going and how we're going. But what I think is really important to recognize is that there are two sides to this coin. And oftentimes when these sides of the coin, when there's this media situation that's out there, when we've got this consistent lifestyle that we've all chosen to really be a part of, when those things are being sent to us, it's so interesting. And I'm sorry for jumping all over the place, but this is who I am. There, I, I search for patents oftentimes because I'm an inventor and I really genuinely love to invent. And I'm inventing things and it's gonna, I'm going to get back to that with the pets because that's where this is going next is the consciousness of the world and the consciousness of what is around us and the tools that we have around us. <sighs> with the media and with things that are going on, I search patents. And the patent I've searched recently is mind control. Because we keep hearing that. There's, we're not in control, we're not in control, we're not in control. And when you type in mind control, the device that comes out into play is the television. The television is one of the first forms of mind control that was released. And it's by using flashing lights to interpret with a message that goes across the brain. And you can do this with audio, you can do this with uh, visual, and we now have the ability with a patent that was just released, and this is the reason that 5G, in my opinion, is potentially so terrifying, is it has the ability to do this over the airwaves. These are real patents. These are real things that people are starting to experience and test and play with. Are you able to actually send a thought wirelessly to a group of people? This is a real thing. Are you able to collect and gather data, process that data, have that data give you an answer for what is happening, and once that thing is happening, you send out a signal that allows oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin to change in your body, along with a message. And when those, all those things are added in together, because 5G is now fast enough, internet-wise, to be able to take, process, analyze, and execute that kind of process, you now have the ability to function in mind control in a new way that's never been done before. And they are already doing such a good job. And I say they because, honestly, I don't know who they is. The truth is it comes down to we. We have to make choices. And there are so many choices to make. What kind of food? What do I wear? What do I post? Who do I? When do I? What do I? What is my purpose? Do I listen to my thoughts? Do I listen to my emotions? Do I listen to my gut? Do I listen to my heart? Do I listen to my head? And really, it's do I feel with my gut? Or do I intuition with my gut? Do I feel with my heart? Do I think with my head? How do you choose? What type of person are you? And we're all different types of people with different sets of skill sets and different sets of experiences and different sets of traumas and different sets of healing and different sets of all the things. And when we all get into this big cluster of each other, we oftentimes don't like the other because it's different. 
And instead of different being seen as positive, it's seen as different guilt, shame, hatred, fear, because that's a natural body response. It's psychology. And that psychology is being used against us within media, within television, within radio, within literal waves. This isn't meant to be a situation and a, a podcast or a, whatever this is. I'm so tired of calling things podcast, audio, this, that, 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 that. I'm just trying to speak right now in my mind for the first time. And my mind feels so cluttered because I've been holding all of this in for so long. I've been trying to hear what other people think. When I was in my early, you know, as early as 1 through 10, my parents told me what to think. And when I was 10 through 20, then my teachers and my, and my own like crazy wild hormones told me what to think. My coaches told me what to think. The people who influenced me around those times told me what to think. And you believe them. Your country tells you what to think. Your so, the social media nowadays tells you what to think. Being raised as a child today and as a kid today has got to be absolutely terrifying. And absolutely spectacular because you're living a life that is so different and is so new and is so much optimism and hope and ability for change. And that is incredible because we are all connecting and we're not connecting at all. Processing through all these thoughts... Going into my 20s, I had to start thinking for myself. And I think that's what everyone does, which is why in 20s, you know, college starts to influence a little bit. But now you're on your own. So it's my thoughts that matter. And you research and you research and you research. At least I did. Other people discover and learn in different ways because learning and growth happens differently for everyone. I went and traveled the world. I've gone all over the world. I've been meeting different cultures. I've been meeting thousands and thousands and honestly, tens of thousands of people working different jobs from high level executives all the way down to street sales and everything in between a few months here, a few months there, a year and a half there, five years here. Let's start a business. Let's try to help the world because it's time to actually do what I feel might be best for the legacy. So you study and I research and I'm saying you because I'm trying to relate, but in reality, this is my story, but I believe this is relatable and I believe that other people feel this. In my twenties, I started thinking for myself, or at least I thought I did. And what thinking for myself looked like was I listened to other people's thoughts and I searched it out with a voracious fury. What do I need to look for? What do I need to do to make this to be my best self? What do I believe? Okay, so I know what I think. And now I'm starting to figure out what I believe. And a belief is just something that you've attached your thoughts to. And values are the things that you've chosen to live by. And your principles is the big overall scope that you've chosen so I'm trying to figure out, and honestly, that can be described so much better, and I'm so happy to do that, but it's a different conversation. I'm now 32 years old, and I've been married for six weeks. 
My whole life I thought that I would get married and I would meet the woman of my dreams when I was 28 years old. And honestly, that's when Natalie came into my life. I met her at TED Talks and we were volunteering together. Recently, I had a buddy tell me because it had been a few years, many, many years, and I hadn't been dating anyone. Or if I had been dating, I definitely wasn't giving a commitment to that dating process. And I decided to just jump in with both feet and love fully. And today, 32 years old, I'm now married because I thought that's what was important. I thought that's what would matter. And what's so interesting is what I've really discovered now that I'm married and I've got this other person to start providing for and taking care of and I have to start thinking about myself and just not myself, but others and not just others. Like I've always thought about the world. I've always thought about others, but now I've got to think about someone who sees me every day today. And that's the beauty of getting married. Someone gets to see who you are. They get to see what you stand for and not just what you say you stand for, but what you actually stand for because they see the day to day. They're the ones that are getting the abuse. They're the ones that are getting the trauma put on them, the hurt. They're the ones that are getting the help and the healing. They're the ones that get the nuances in the day-to-day. And I promise you, I am one of the most challenging people to live a day-to-day with. I am intense. I am a challenger. I care deeply and I am passionate. And when I speak, this is how I speak. It doesn't really change. And that's exhausting. It's exhausting for me. It's exhausting for others. And what it makes you realize is it makes you, it makes me realize I have to learn how to be better. Where I thought I was incredible, leadership, communication is really poor. Just because I can communicate my thoughts this way with you, the world, a phone, doesn't mean I can communicate my thoughts with my loved ones. And just communicating thoughts doesn't mean it's actually creating impact or change. Sometimes our intention does not match with our intentions. And really what I'm trying to say is our intentions don't match out with what the results are. Because oftentimes our intentions, we go in wanting the best. And then what we give is not our best because we're human. We mess up. Things happen. And what happens when we mess up is we guilt ourselves. We shame ourselves. We shame others. We guilt others. We point the fingers because it feels better than recognizing that we were the ones that actually have a responsibility in all of this. How do you be a rock when other people are messing up around you? How do you be a rock when other people are choosing to do things that are fear-based and absolutely terrifying? How do you choose to be your best self on the day to day when it's the hardest of your days? These are the questions that I'm playing with. And right now I'm doing that by recognizing that the voice in my head is negative as hell. It is so mean to myself to the point where I no longer have a large intestine. It was removed because honestly, I had so many stomach issues because honestly, I've been attacking myself. The poison that I've been putting inside my body, and that's with poison of water, poison with food, poison with alcohol, poison. So just substances, not even just alcohol, substances. Poison of words, poison of thoughts, poison of energy. 
All of this stuff comes back to the same place. It comes back to you. (laughs) You see what I just did? I talked about you first. It comes back to me. And in turn, it comes back to you. This isn't victim blaming. This is self-actualization. Self-realization. Self-awareness. Mindfulness. And striving to be healthy. Because what I care about most is seeing my family. Ah, see, I just did it there too. Seeing myself be healthy. Seeing my family be healthy. Seeing my community be healthy. Seeing my friends be healthy. Seeing the world be healthy. Seeing my nation be healthy. And seeing other nations be healthy. I've been all around the world and the amount of amazing culture out there. We've all got things and stuff and issues. Coming together and connecting, actually connecting, is what this podcast is all about. I want my legacy to show that I helped people understand how to relate with their family more effectively. How their pets, how the stones, how the trees, how the earth is all a part of your inner consciousness and your inner family. And that's way far out there. I know. I'll talk about it more. We'll go into it further. I know it's out there. Take a second and open your mind. Give a second of pause. Instead of, gu- instead of guilt, instead of judgment, instead of shame. Take a deep breath. Breath is a freebie that we all have. And when you don't have it, you start to understand truly how important it is. Our health is a freebie. And when you don't have it, you start to realize how important it is. And for those of you who were raised and grew up and currently experience a situation where they're not feeling healthy, whether that be mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I love you. I want to help you heal. And I want you to help me heal. Because that's what family is. Our pets, our children, our earth, the trees, the water, our people, our fellow people. Fellow, what a great word. I love you. I want to actually connect with you. And I want to talk about emotions. I want to talk about consciousness. And I want to talk about connecting. My name's Dan Brew. I'm excited to build my legacy. I'm excited to do it with you. And I'm excited to help this world heal. I'm excited to help you heal. I'm excited to heal.
<laughs> I feel better. I hope you feel better too. If you ever need anything, reach Welcome to Actually Connecting. Let's change the world for the better. I love you. Like what you heard? Give it a share. Want to talk about it? Comment or like below. Have a great rest of your day. This is the Actually Connecting Podcast.